There we are. Here we are. All right. Hello. We everyone. did it. We did it. Uh, <laughs> word to the wise when changing passwords, you can make the same grammatical error twice in a row. Mm -hmm. Not a problem. Uh, it's just weird when you're telling people to type certain words in. So sorry that we're a little bit late, everybody, but welcome to another episode of Twitching Upstream, which is an offshoot of Talking Upstream, which is an offshoot of Some Nobodies, which is just me and Dylan, really. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> just making up a bunch of weird stuff. Uh, how are you today, Dylan? I'm good now. <laughs> good, yeah. See, that was like 40 minutes of just that like, was... what did we do wrong? Yeah. It's like, well, all right, we got to start another Twitch channel. Yeah. Oh, uh, so as you guys know or don't know, whatever, uh, what we do in Talking Upstream is we try to talk ourselves up to a streaming service. And the way we do that is by presenting very weird ideas and then learning how to work them through down to a pitchable product or ideal, whether it's a movie, TV show, board game, uh, deck of cards, anything whatsoever. Uh, everything has a place. Just you got to learn what to no. do with it. And talking upstream, we actually pre-record just because we do interviews and we like to make sure that we are available whenever the guest is available. So we like interaction. We like live engagement. So we decided to do a version of that, which is live on Twitch and everywhere else. So that's this guy twitching upstream. Mm -hmm. We're giving you the raw feed unedited. Unedited. We actually anything don't goes. We don't... <laughs> Dylan keeps saying anything goes. Uh, and yeah, I guess that is true. Anything we want can go. So that goes. Um, and until we get a couple of people on the stream, because we need some help in making up a story. Um, quick question. Go for Dylan. It. Misha, Misha Green uh, just got signed on to do the next Tomb Raider movie. Now, Misha Green, as you know, is the showrunner and director of Lovecraft Country. Yeah. So, knowing what you know about her and her vision in that show, what do you think um, a Tomb Raider movie will look like? I'm expecting some actual discussion on the ethics of Tomb Raiding, where it's effectively cultural grave robbing. That's how, it kind of, that's how it's been kind of viewed recently, and I'm expecting... Because Tomb Raider is kind of, uh, I don't want to say a female-led Indiana Jones-style sort of thing, but it's about a woman who goes into old cultural sites and effectively takes stuff. I mean, <laughs> no, I, not to be blunt about it, but I'm expecting it to be a little more self-aware than just raw, I'm swinging on vines, let's do that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Me too. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't looked forward to one of those in a long time. Yeah, it's been a bit. Uh, All right. Quick question. WandaVision. What do you think? Um, let's see. How many episodes are we at now? Three. I've watched all three. Uh, I think the third one is when it really kicks in for me. Yeah. Uh, first two felt like a divided pilot mm -hmm. where it felt like the end of the second one was properly where it should have ended. Um, but the third one has some cracks starting to show up, and I'm I'm intrigued now by it. Yeah, loving all yeah. that. Yeah, loving all that. Uh, also, Godzilla versus Kong. That trailer came out recently. Mm -hmm. um, how do you craft a story where two large things need to fight for men? So, I have a long history with Godzilla. It was one of the first pop culture franchises I was into as like a five year old, and I followed it since. Um, so, I have a lot of opinions on Godzilla versus Kong. I think they're going to do what they did in, I think Tojo was the era that they did the original one, where mm. Godzilla and Kong fight for a bit, another villain shows up, and then they team up. Yeah. Now, That's, Godzilla... Yeah, but Godzilla's yeah. on Skull Island, and, and if you look at the trailer, you know, Kong's got like... Or not not uh, Godzilla, Kong. Uh, yeah. and, and in the trailer, he's got like a collar, a shock collar, and he's mm -hmm. got shackles on. So, obviously, like, we stole him again. It's another one of those stories. It, but, it seems like we're starting this movie off with the end of the classic Kong story, where he gets taken to New York or wherever. It is. It's probably going to be San Francisco, because... Um, 
the I'll say good for Godzilla movies recently. They've been focusing on the West Coast as opposed to making it all New York. Yeah. I completely disagree. What? I cannot I cannot see a feasible real realistic. I cannot see a <laughs> a well-done way in which a giant ape even if he's got tools or whatever yeah. defeats a walking radiation breathing nuclear bomb that is literally immortal. Yeah, some of the toys for Kong show him having an axe that is using a uh, uses like one a, of his dorsal fins. Yeah, which I, is pretty yeah. cool. But That's still, cool. I mean, yeah, but still, I mean, you're right, Dylan. Like Godzilla is a laser breathing mega monster. So he's a nuke. I don't see anybody taking him on. Either way, um, um oh, good. It's gonna be. It's. I mean, it's gonna be Mecha Godzilla. Like they're gonna do the exact same thing that the original did, where Godzilla shows up and attacks a bunch of people, and then Kong fights him and he blows a piece of skin off him, and then Godzilla has opposable thumbs in these movies. <laughs> Is that you true? can see them? Yeah, you can see them. I don't know. Um, <laughs> they're not. They're not as wide ranging as primate thumbs, but they're there. Yeah. Um, Classic. This is not a hill I'm going to die on. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Mecha Godzilla is going to show up, but he's going to be disguised as normal Godzilla. They're going to blow some skin off him. They'll find normal Godzilla after wake him up, and then he and Kong are going to, you know, do their tag team as yeah. they do off the rope. Yeah, cool. Um, all right, let's get into the regular part of the show. Let's do it. Uh, what we do here is um, Dylan and I create a lot of stuff. Uh, we create stuff for IBM TV. We create stuff for other uh, networks. Um, and we, I throw a lot of ideas at Dylan. <laughs> I wake up very early in the morning and I just send him rapid fire ideas some days. And who knows where they go? Somewhere. Sometimes they come into an email. Sometimes like we actually do something with them. Uh, so what we do here is that I'm just going to ask Dylan to read off some random text that I sent him about an idea that I thought might be interesting to pursue, and we're just going to pursue it. And if you're watching this at any time, please just uh, throw out some ideas. If, if you think that the storyline is kind of weird, give us an idea. Give us a, a suggestion. Most likely, we'll throw it in somehow because uh, with your help this stuff gets really cool. Mm -hmm. So special thanks to some people real fast. Uh, obviously, uh, Scott Curtis behind the bits. If you like interviews, if you like podcasts, uh, Scott Curtis is awesome. Check him out always. Uh, scene Snobs. Those guys do some real cool stuff. Bunch of geeks, a uh, bunch of nerds like us. So They're, uh, they're going to get way cooler in a few weeks. You watch. <laughs> Maybe check them out anyway. Uh, thescenesnobs.com. You can see all 17 of their shows they got going on. Um, we also have our friends on the East Coast, Sarah Takachik, Tonya Sheck. Uh, and if you listen to any podcasts like this one or whatever, listen or app. Go to Instagram at the greatest podcast app. Those are some people that really help a lot of our shows and keep things going. So, Dylan, pretty please. Yeah. Read me a very weird or whatever text message that I sent you about some idea. Uh, I'm just going to read, I'm going to read three just because I want to get two of them out there just to put them in, put them in the universe. The human body has a finite supply of blood and needs to be replaced regularly. That sounds cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, let's see. What else not a story. This is a weird It's concept. not a story yet. We'll do that one later when we have something to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, humans don't develop fingerprints until turning 13. So most kids are used as criminals. Yeah, which I think is uh, that could be a really fun sci-fi, like far future, like human genetic tweaking story. But that's that's something to think about. Otherwise, yeah. Um, and then, oh shoot, I'm scrolling too fast for my eyes to keep up. Where is it? Um, I don't know. Lost it. Um, it was effectively a man. Let's see. I'm just gonna control F. That's easy. Um, I'm sorry, everybody watching. I'm usually more on top of things like this. Here it is. Robots work nine to five and follow programming, which makes them seem human. So humans don't feel bad about them working. Story revolves around a robot diner after their work and a human comes in one day and dies. Yeah. Um, that to me is interesting. I also like the fingerprint thing, but that's yeah. going to be something that we're, we'll need a little bit more background to before we go that tune into a future episode. I'm sure we'll do that at some point. Yeah. That um, one's, that one's going to be like a syndication and like uh, a bunch oh, yeah. of stuff. Uh, robot one though is very cool to me. Um, it, so yeah, robot diner and a human goes in and dies there and it causes a whole bunch. It causes an upset in robot society, or at least for the collection of robot blue collar workers who gather at this diner. Yeah. Um, and I'm liking the idea um, that these are 
industrial robots, so they're not necessarily humanoid. So you have something that looks like like a gonk droid, like a from Star Wars, like the trash can on legs. Yeah, you have one that might have like just a central pillar with a whole bunch of different multi arm tools coming off it. Yep, and you have a humanoid one, so the audience can feel like they're watching something they can relate to because we don't relate to things unless they're cute or human. That's true. Or you put, I mean, I guess it could just be anything with just a pair of googly eyes slapped on it. There you go. Yeah, people like that stuff. Googly eyes are cool. They are. Okay, so um, put them on the microphone. So when I sent that to, you have googly eyes? I should. Yeah, I have some. Because we're making puppets, you know. Uh, I do. So when I originally thought of this idea, I had the I had the concept that, like, humans only use robots for like a nine to five situation. Okay. Uh, they started feeling bad about using him too much, like a slave kind of thing. Sure. Uh, indentured server kind of thing. Um, so they can only use robots until 5 p.m. So then the, the robots just kind of go do their own thing. And I like the hmm. idea that they happen to congregate like in a diner um, just because they start mimicking humans because they don't really know what else to do on their off time. Um, what's this guy? Regular robot comes in for an oil change every morning when they open. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Love all that. They refer to their uh, coffee as motor oil. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I had the idea uh, if a human were to come into that robot diner yeah. and demand service, the robots would have to give it to them because they're programmed to serve humans or something. Yeah. And then, but that for some reason, that food would kill him. So they would inadvertently. We're looking to we're looking to stay away, I think, from that animated robots movie that came out back in like 2007 with Robin Williams and Amanda Bynes. Remember that oh, one, Zach? Of course I do. Yeah. Wait, the the Ewan McGregor John? Was that Ewan McGregor in Robots? Yeah, I don't oh, remember. Yeah. It's been a long time. I do remember. Okay. And it was Ewan McGregor only because I played that video game for so long because that was a hard <laughs> video game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let let's go down that path. Sure. Right. So in in this in this um, universe, humans have robots. Yeah. But robots don't work past five p.m. Yeah. their time. And they're they, sent. They're sentient, I think. They're sentient enough, but still enough. just gonk droids. Yeah. yeah. And so they started, like I said, relationships, whatever. Um, I guess I see this as a singular project, only because it seems like it's going to turn to a mystery, and then you got to solve yeah. it or so whatever. Um. So I like I like the diner. Now my question to you is why would a human go into a robot diner to essentially be murdered I guess. Is the human are they looking to die? Is this like a like a I, th I think like so. Suicide by bot. Yeah, I think so. I think that sounds interesting. I don't I don't really know why yet. Um What's this one? Uh, <laughs> Build-up skins over the mechs so they don't stand out. Yeah, some of them definitely yeah. have build-up skins. skins. But I do like the idea of just some of those just trashy robots just chilling out in, yeah. a, in a diner setting because either they don't have a job anymore because they're on nicer robots or they just whatever, whatever. So we <laughs> have the... was taking the droid jobs. <laughs> yeah, you know, how the, you know how they get. So we have a diner setting yeah. and then we have, we have a human coming in uh, and he's going to just demand food. Even though the robots know rope the robot food <laughs> will yeah. kill a human. Um, oh, what's this thing? Pictured someone bleeding out and falling dead as soon as they walked in. I oh. mean, that's kind of how when you had pitched this to me, I had I hadn't imagined that the robots were responsible for the death, but that the death occurred in their presence and they had to deal with that. Yeah, I I for some reason thought that it was a it, it I like the idea of it, the programming being kind of like messed up or they kind of have to kill him, but they don't want to kill him. So that was the thing of it. Although having somebody walk into a, a, a robot diner and just die, that sounds very cool. Uh, what if he knows that they... Unless they have to hide him for some reason, they I feel like they would just call the authorities. What if they just have like some sort of programming that requires they clean up any sort of bio... like? biomatter waste that is in there and then it's like well and maybe some auto cleaners come out and like scoop scoop it away before they can get to it 
that yeah we, we could do that or maybe for some reason when they analyze the body there's like a robot part inside of it and they're like we gotta we can't let this happen i don't know that doesn't really make any sense um what, I'm, I'm, stand by me but it's robots yes <laughs> so they have to go they have to go find this corpse in like the bowels of the automated city because there's something in it maybe or they're just trying to figure out what was wrong with this dude i mean something and, in it could I like be the cool. idea that, i like the idea that there's like he swallowed something or yeah. he got shot by something and the bullet right. is in there or something so nah, the robot has shot. I don't think about being shot, maybe evidence or something, but that the robot had to clean him up and there's something inside that people need to find. I, I don't know why this is so intriguing to me. So uh, let, let's just figure it yeah. out. Um, okay. Human comes in, demands food. I, I think it's cool that the, the, the human is alive when he gets there and right. he, and he, you know, whatever goes away <laughs> later on. Um, now, Obviously, he's just going to demand food, and and there's going to be like a scene here, I think, with like the robots being like, you know, that our food is not for human consumption, yeah. and he's like, you have to do what I'm telling you to do. Yeah. Give me something to eat, <laughs> or something what like they, that. What do they feed him that kills him? I guess like because like feeding him like nuts and bolts won't kill him. Giving him motor oil won't make won't kill him. If we want what? him to die soon, it needs to be like they give him like a like a uranium fuel pellet or something like that. Unless it's like hot oil. I mean, I guess that's pretty gruesome for the start of this thing. I'm I mean, fine I, with. That's fair. I mean, I don't think that robots are going to want to drink cold oil. So <laughs> I don't right? know if the temperature of the oil matters. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> um, okay. So do you think that he should have, he should go in there with a wound? I think he should at least go in there on the, on the brink. Okay. I think that, I think that introduces, so maybe he goes in there on the brink of death and he asks the robot for help for some reason. He's like, help I'm, me. I'm a little stuck on the Asimov laws. Asimov where, laws? Yeah, where... Who's bringing this in well, here? Clue lights, lights go out and he's dead. Who's responsible? Oh, that's cool, too. That's not bad. Uh, <laughs> who done it with robots? <laughs> yeah. Um, Wait. Talk, no, about, uh, talk about Asimov. The Asimov, the three laws of um, robotics from Isaac Asimov's stories are kind of this thing that he made early on in his career, which have kind of a kind of defined robot fiction for a long time. First law is that a, a robot can't hurt a human being or let them get hurt by not doing anything. So if they see a human about to get crushed by a piano, they have to push him out of the way. Yeah. And they also can't like punch a person, that sort of thing. Second law is that they have to obey orders given to them by humans unless it conflicts with the first law. Mm. And then the third law, so a, a person can't tell a robot to kill them, but they okay. can tell them to like put themselves in danger or something like that. And then the third law is that a robot has to protect its existence so long as that doesn't violate the first two laws. Okay. So, so yeah. then I, I guess I'd like more the idea of this person going into the diner mm -hmm. and maybe being hurt. Maybe that's already yeah. a thing. And then his last thing is asking these robots to help him. And because of their programming, they would have to do their orders, which means helping that person slash solving the crime. So yeah. maybe this turns into okay. a robot, uh, like a private detective movie yeah. or some kind of noir like a futuristic noir of robots robot noir with little like awful little rickety gonk droids wandering around trying to pick up evidence they don't it's like i do not have a manipulator please pick up the trash for me and then <laughs> one of the other ones it's like the gonk droid can talk because it's exclusively supposed to be like a person interface there's like a multi-tool robot that doesn't have a vocalizer and then like a maybe like a little drone that's supposed to look like a you know it's like we used to have Back when the planet was alive, we used to have these things called hummingbirds. And then it's a little like hummingbird drone or something. So it's too small to do anything, but it can fly around. Now they each have their own little strength. Wait, so we're building a robot team? I mean, that's kind of how... I mean, I imagine if there are multiple robots in this diner. Yeah, that's fair. And, yeah. Right, and cool. they, can, they can communicate to each other through radio or whatever. But the, the only one that has any vocalizer doesn't have any way to like affect its environment except walking. Okay. So why do, what do we think so far? Wh wh why is he hurt? What, what, what did, what did he need help with? 
So um, the robots need to solve the mystery. Yeah. And um, I'm seeing a crime. I'm 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 feeling like this is like the aftermath of a crime. Maybe. Okay. It, I feel like it should be something that won't come back on the robots with like once they solve it you know what you know, i mean it's the thing where we're going to show like a tv screen with news and be like in recent news a uh, man human known as blah 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 <laughs> and they show this man and it's like he's wanted by authorities and questioning of blah 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 is it one of those things and the robots like oh no he's uh, I, I what if what we they, what if we make it something where it's like a sensitive situation so they don't broadcast it okay um maybe cool. like he stole something from like the boss of like some maybe he's part of a heist that stole something really important maybe that's what he swallowed or he swallowed like a data stick that leads to it or something like that yeah or like a key or something yeah um so, so are the robots gonna like scan him and see like what's wrong with him quickly they could I think there needs to be something that points them into the direction that something is weird is going on and scanning yeah. them works, but I like, I like the idea of the body getting taken away somehow and they have to get it. The robots have to get it. Yeah. Okay. What about this? If we want to make the stakes really high, then we can absolutely have it be like the, the creator of modern robotics is involved. Um, we need to be careful of treading a little too close to iRobot. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what iRobot was. Um, so he has either a key or a USB drive yeah. or some kind of thing inside of him that uh, somebody's looking for. Yeah. Right? And the so, robots... <clears throat> this has been on my mind a lot recently because we've been doing a little bit of like... We've been doing some screenwriting and stuff like that and story stuff where it's like... If we want this to not be affected by the plot, if we want this to be a character-driven thing as opposed to a plot-driven thing, everybody in here needs to be doing something for some reason. It needs to be more than just a guy stumbles through the door. That guy needs to have a reason that he's there and what he was doing. So I like the idea that he is related, maybe. Maybe he's like the the like the chief engineer of like a robot manufacturer. Okay. And he has very sensitive information. Yeah. Sure. And maybe sense. it's something that would hurt people if it gets out. Okay. And he's trying to either destroy it or get it to someone who will help with that. What if there's information that the robots that were made solely by this one company were like emitting radiation or were harmful in some way that people didn't know about? No. Yeah. It's like... It's nothing if, if it's only ten if it's only five to ten years, nothing bad happens. But the longer it is, it's something that needs yeah. to be taken care of now or else it'll cause trouble in the future. And maybe the robots that find him know that if they turn this evidence in, they'll be de decommissioned because they are part of this. Oh, are they robots from that company? Sure. Sure. That's and this company good. this company keeps like upgrading and upgrading and upgrading, which yeah. is why there's just redundant robots just walking around, chilling yeah. out in diners and stuff. Okay, so where do we go from here? What's what's like the first arc that we're trying to get to? I like the, I think that the first arc needs to be so we have multiple discoveries going on, right? We have the first discovery which opens up the world. We have the second discovery which sharpens the character's focus, and we have the third discovery that turns things on their head. Right? That kind of yep, that scans. So I think the first discovery is that this guy was hiding. He's trying to get something out, like away from him. He's trying to get something away from this corporation. And I think the second discovery is who he is and what that info is. And maybe the third discovery is that that info is not necessarily what we think it is. Sure. That sounds good. So where, where do you think with, with that in mind, where do we get to with our first arc? So, Which, I think right. so yeah. if, we, if, if you want to do each discovery as its own arc to kind of build and build and build, so the first, obviously, it would open with world discovery, and then yeah. it would open with, what was the second one you said? Uh, discovery of who he is. Yeah. So then there's the knowledge of, of, of who the person is. Um, yeah. So after 
Or so maybe that should be the, maybe that should be the first one, and then the second one should be what he's carrying. So well, that way, that way, the that, first arc is getting the body. The second one is getting into the robot factory, and the third one is like breaking it open. So that's like the very end. Like to, that's the end of our story. Is finding out what this information is. Yeah, I think so. Okay, and, and what they do with it. Sure. All right. So we're going to get to the information and the plan moving forward. Yeah. So the first arc is getting up into the knowledge of who this dead person is, which is either the CEO or engineer or something of a robotics manufacturer that happened to, for some reason, die in this robot diner. Yeah. Or right? we could, yeah. Okay. Maybe he's like a safety inspector <clears throat> with the corporation's like their compliance arm. And it's like, yeah, we're always underfunded and we're always, we're never take, we're never treated like an actual part of the company, but we found something big this time that needs to be taken seriously. And then we can touch on, you know, corporations murdering people who try, who are whistleblowers. Yeah. That's just, cool. that's for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> so then what do you think the second arc should be? That, that would be the knowledge of what was the next one you said? Uh, this, that, I think that should be what the info is. So knowledge of what the info, oh, sure. Yeah. All right. So that way the first arc of it can be them trying to, I, I like the idea that the body gets taken away somehow. Like maybe there's like a street sweeper robot that comes in and just picks it up and they're like, well, you know, there's something weird about that. Well, I mean, if you want to go get it, we can try and get there before the incinerators start. Now they they have some information already before this body's taken. I like the idea that he stumbles in almost almost dead, like he's only mostly dead. Yeah, yeah. And do the robots get something from him before the body's taken away? I think they should. Maybe they get. Maybe he just recites a string of numbers, and then that number is either like an access code or maybe it's a um, maybe it's a failsafe that unlocks their programming that makes it so they can like be non-compliant so he's mm -hmm. like these robots are the ones that are going to hunt down the people who did this to me uh fail safe x25 yada 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 and and that like unlocks these specific robots yeah maybe maybe because he recognizes their manufacturing numbers or serial numbers or something he knows what fail safes to use on them because he's he's in compliance yeah so he would reasonably have that information Okay, so he's going to unlock the robots from their basic functions. Yeah, and they don't know what it is. I feel like they're probably coded to not realize when their compliance has been removed. Yeah. And then the body is going to be taken away by something, or uh, the authorities of some, of some regard. Yes, Shady PhD, do you have a question? while he's typing um <laughs> <clears throat> okay so then the body gets taken then there's uh because they're unlocked oh. or whatever they have what hello shady oh hey um and then they have the knowledge of who this person is and then that's when they find out that it's either the safety inspector or something yeah. big. now that's when they have to go and try to find this body right so now we're going to yeah. go on a find the body mission and what, now they have access to like internet and everything? Yeah, I figured they probably, maybe he, maybe he recites like the, uh, the, uh, what would you call it? Like an unlock code. And then he also, maybe he leaves some sort of log in, like chip or something, or maybe <laughs> what if he like, what if he, okay. So what if that opening scene is all the robots enjoying whatever they do in a diner to relax and this human stumbles in bleeding from the stomach and he looks at the three, the hummingbird drone, the gonk droid and the multi-tool. And he says something to them. And then he takes out like a pen or like a stylus or something and scribbles like the equivalent of a QR code on the floor. Oh, cool. And then they look at it and it does something and they don't quite know what it does. And then as he dies, he like erases it or something. So nobody comes up. Yeah, that's cool. Or he's got, <clears throat> or he's got a QR code like on the palm of his hand or something. And he just shoves it at their sensors. Yeah, because as we found, QR codes are never going to go away. They are always going we to be relevant. The other week. Kind no. of. No, it's true. There were some robots that were talking about it, but that's okay. 
Okay, so after the QR code, that unlocks the the, the robots and it gives them access to the yeah. internet or, or whatever things that they don't have access to. Yeah, it unlocks the their safety. Pro it yeah gives them gives them administrative rights. Nice. Then a the body gets taken, and yeah. because now they have access to whatever, they find out who this person is, <clears throat> and now they think that they need to find. Hey, Scott Curtis, we are great. Yeah, doing well. We're doing a robot murder mystery noir. It'll have a, it'll have a catchier title at some point in this episode, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cosplay robot that rides. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, sure. I like the idea that there are like centaur robot cops. Okay, sure. Why? I don't know why. All the all the robo cops are like centauroids, where they have the big, you know, they're because they're like mounties. I don't, know. I don't know. It's a cool aesthetic. Well, I might not write that down. We'll probably just come back to that one. Come back to that one. All right. Uh, so once they have the knowledge of who this is, then they're going to go on a, they need to find this body, right? Is the QR code give them a mission? Um, yeah, I, I, it might just, there might be two, two levels to it. Um, there's one that gives them an administrative privilege. And then there's one that might, that might be the final reveal is that he orchestrated this entire thing and kind of like, forced these robots to solve this through their programming and that is like the big moral quandary at the end of the story is like was it justified to force these sentient things to solve the murder even if it wound up being a benevolent cause cool i like that so right away these things these robots know that they need to find this body they don't know why but they just know they have to do that yeah. so then they go on this little mission and then the next arc that we're going to get to is the knowledge of what the info is so that means that the robots have to find the body. Yeah. Right. Where Where is yeah. the body being held? I figure I, I'm I'm making some assumptions about the setting right here. Is that if it's a robot diner, it's probably designed to auto clean, and it can probably detect large concentrations of like biomatter. Oh boy, so, can it! So there's probably some sort of like street sweeper robot that like like a uh, big drone pod or something that swoops down dispatches like an arm inside or it gets shuffled out the door and then disappears. And the other robots are like, no, damn, we should have done something about that. Where do they take, where do they take biomass? Well, they take them to the incinerators and it's like, we should, go, we should start going. Yeah. I love that. So the cleaning bots dispose. So now they have to go to, I guess, like the <laughs> the, like the the dump or something, right? Yeah, wherever, probably either um, the compost, the bio dump. I I let's let's not make this a hyper cynical future, and let's say that we've kind of got our ecological stuff under control. So okay. society as a whole composts pretty responsibly. All right, so they throw any biomatter into a huge compost thing per yeah. city. Okay, and then there might be. And then as they arrive at the compost thing, maybe they do regular sweeps for um, corpses. Oh, cool. Yeah. Just like, <clears throat> yeah, uh, we do regular sweeps before everything is officially composted to make sure that murderers don't get away with storing stuff in now, the, bio, in the com compost dump. Now, I guess we need to learn the rules of what the robots can do, because if they have access to other things, they would know that, like where the body went right away, right? They would know yeah. uh, that it was scanned at the dump or whatever. I, what if we do, so what if we do the Dune thing where... Sandworms. Sure. I'm 100% no. in, oh, okay. We'll do that later. Um, yeah. it, it, it turns out outside the city is a desert where all the sandworms are. Um, that's just for me. Yeah. No, um, we do the Dune thing where like 200 250 years ago, there was a big war between robots and humans because robots got too advanced. So after that war, they trimmed back the capabilities of technology without getting rid of it. So all these robots have like, you know, they have limited Wi-Fi access. They don't have omniscience or anything like that. Okay. So that's how we kind of hand wave away the explanation that these robots are not nearly as connected as even our cell phones are. Cool. In an, effort then, to, in an effort to keep them from rebelling against humanity, we attempted to make them closer to humanity. Yeah, I love all that. So now they know where the body is. It's in the dump. They go get it uh, because they yeah. know what, what's up. And that's when they find that there's uh, the information inside somehow, like a chip or... <clears throat> I think that's when we have an action scene where they 
have to get the body away from the robo police or whatever because the robo police do sweeps of the compost heaps to make sure they don't dump bodies Mm -hmm. so they find the body and they're like there's something synthetic in here that is not this is not i'm not detecting any standard uh prosthetics or any sort of you know compounds maybe it's a data storage and then at that point you know you get the spotlight poof and then they have to get the body out of the dump while they're being chased by centaur cops cool love that um they showcase their own unique robot talents as they do like the hummingbird is quarterbacking them as surveillance and that sort of thing you love these i don't cent- know i'm getting really lo- into this you love these centaur cops <laughs> i it, it's a i'm having this image of like a mechanical horse body and then like a riot cop like cyber like a robocop upper upper torso just, I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah. that's cool. So they they get the information and then they know what's on the information right away. I figure once they get away from the cops, either they somehow get it out or they have to go to another robot they know. You know, you have to do the sequence. Maybe they go to like you know one of them knows a surgery robot, and <laughs> okay. it's like, well, he's not just going to cut open this guy's body. Well, no, and then he picks up the human's hand and it's still got the code on the palm, and he goes, no, but. If we open, if we give him the, if we let him know how or something like that, and they hold up his wrist or something, he's got the. So they go to the surgery robot and show him the QR code, and it's like, we need you to cut this thing open. He goes, I guess I can do that now. Cool. Yeah. And then once they get the information and then they process what's on it, what are they going to do with it? Good question. Because they they've been assigned by the same human to solve his crime. Yeah. Which means they have to do that. But also, by solving the crime, it's going to get a factory recall on themselves. Yeah. So, would that come into play in a robot's mind or decision-making? It could. Do we want there to be... Do we want there to be an underground robot resistance of, like, liberated or or uh, jailbroken robots? Sure. Or there's something cool about the darkness of just having the robots decide to, like... Yeah, to do it anyway. Yeah, we're bad for people. Yeah. Humanity deserves. <laughs> right? Yes. That's because it, that's really because, grim. Because if they, I, because if they know that they're resp- they're going to be responsible for deaths of humans, yeah. That that is one of their prime goals. What if what if we keep hearing rumors about this society of jailbroken robots living outside the wall? We do like a Judge Dread style mega city where outside is supposedly wasteland. Okay. But robots are able to survive out there because they don't have to worry about it. So So wait, there's this roaming group of robots that are radioactive just crossing the lands. Why not? And then just destroying everywhere <laughs> everywhere else. I mean, they don't have to they don't have to be marauders. They can yeah. just be a band of robots keeping each other company. All and right. they're like we deliberately stay away from anything biological because we are so radioactive. We kill stuff within a 20 foot radius. All right. So how do we get from being at the, the surgeon robot place with the information to Mad to Max that. of robots? <laughs> um, well, let's see. So they have this data stick with incriminating evidence about their manufacturer on it. Yeah. What would you do if you learned that God made you and you killed everything around you and you had information that would bring God down? Who who, who is going to use that information? I'm probably going to take God down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So they're going to try and take him down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if what if this compliance guy embedded some sort of instruction to like his family or something like that? It's just like, "Hey, get this data stick." to my people and then it's like maybe his daughter is like a an ink uh, uh at this point in society maybe like in, maybe single person influencers are effectively like independent journalists where it's like you know i've got i've got 1.65 billion people following my feed so whatever i say becomes the news and so all these people pursue independent journalism as a way of like i don't know yeah, that's cool. Um, but I'm my... throwing I'm throwing out a whole bunch of stuff that I'm seeing in my my like future sort of like techno anarchist utopia. No, where everybody has the freedom to do whatever they want because they're good at it. 
so they have they have the knowledge that they are banned for people but they also at some point get the knowledge that there is a offshoot or renegade sect of robots that are yeah. just out there yeah okay maybe so if we have three big action set pieces and the first one is getting the body away from the dump the second one could be hmm I feel like it should involve this guy's daughter if we're doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I like the fact of them knowing that they need to just go away because they're bad for humanity. Yeah. Um, and then having to decide, like, do we decommission ourselves? And then maybe that's what the journalist point of view is like. You need, you guys need to like just de be decommissioned. Yeah. You need to go away. And then that's when somehow somebody tells these folks <laughs> about the 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 um the underground robot group um at some point what if they have to try and upload this into a major like data hub of some sort and sure. i'm thinking the hummingbird robot drone a little beak is like an uplink needle cool so the the hummingbird drone has to like heist its way into uh, either this corporate headquarters or a big news station or something like that, and has to steal data, and that could be a big set piece in like the second act where it's like, well, we have this. What do we do with it? Well, we get it to someone who can get it out there, like one of these journalists. Do we take it to a news station? No, because they're all owned by the robot manufacturer. Yeah, cool. Well, then how now, do we find a journalist? Well, she's underground because everybody's gunning for her, but these news stations know where they are because they use them as like informants. And then the hummingbird has to steal the information from their headquarters or something. So the information that's on there is that maybe the newer model robots, they're using like this stuff that puts off radiation. So even the older robots like can exist. But yeah. maybe the public perception is that all robots are going to be bad. But yeah. That's not actually true. Yeah. It's going right. to paint public perception towards robots. And so th maybe they're trying to get the information out there without condemning their fellows to widespread prejudice or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What What does the end of this look like? I figure the end of this is the robots being really upset. Uh, like, maybe they're, they're, there's a moment of doubt. Well, no. Not a moment of doubt. I'm seeing the ending of this being like they have to somehow get this info out there mm -hmm. and then they have to escape. And then there has to be the realization that the humans like plan all along in the QR code was to make them solve this. So maybe throughout there's this, like maybe one of them was like a former, like, house spot you know like a Roomba or, like, or something and throughout the movie they're longing for like you know trying to get back to that and then through the realization that this guy manipulated them into doing it they're just like they swear off humanity and just leave somehow okay so they upload the information so everyone has it and then they decide to just leave humanity yeah even though they're pretty much only made to serve humans yeah Okay. Uh, um, what's next, or what? What do we work on now? I think. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of threads to connect here. I think we've had it got a pretty good start. Um, I think we need to work on the third act. So the third act is once they get the information, they get to the surgeon, then they <clears throat> have the information uploaded to the journalist, who tells them that all robots need to go away. Then they decide to go away. They leave the information and leave humanity. I had I had the first act ending when they get to the surgeon robot, and the second act is them going to find and get into the journalist. Oh, okay. So I had the first whole act is body dying, being taken away. That's the first act. The knowledge and then the knowledge of who that is. The whole second act is getting the body and then learning out what the information is. And then the final act is the surgeon, the getting this up to the journalist, and then dipping. I had, I had the entire dumpster thing in the first act, ending oh, okay, with the cool. surgeon, just because it feels like that's probably a better pace. Is like 
you know, stump, you know, stumbles in, dies. They're like, oh, this is weird, but I guess we have to figure out what's going on. First major set piece is getting the body from the dumpster. They're like, there's something weird in here. And then they have to go to the robo-surgeon. End of the first act. Robo-surgeon gets them whatever mm. data stick is in there. They identify the information in there. Um, hell, why not just have them realize what it is at first? And then they're like, what do we do with this? Well, we get it to someone who can use it. And then the second act is them heisting the info about how to contact the journalist from the news corporation and then getting it to her. And in the end of the second act is them realizing that she just thinks, yeah, you guys are radioactive and you all need to be decommissioned. And this is going to help me do it. Or, you know, this is going to help everybody agree with me. All right, cool. All right. And then the final act is from there to them deciding to leave humanity. Yeah. And which, which, what, what are we looking at there? So, cause like a robot decision seems pretty quick. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, we could go societal, like she gets the info out on her broadcast or something and violence against robots starts. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Real hard. And then they're like, we have to get out and get in contact with these people. So then it's them fleeing the city while the robots are effectively thrown on a, on a bonfire. Yeah. Cause we have some go for it. If their programming is they can't mm -hmm. hurt humans and humans are just riding and attacking them. That's going to be pretty pathetic. And like, yeah. Awesome yeah. What if, what if, cause they're unlocked at this point, kind of, you know, yeah. kind of jailbroken. What if their kind of end goal is like, do we unlock all of them? Like, yeah. do we unlock everybody so they can fight back? Yeah, that's cool. So they're now they're just carrying around this guy's hand with the QR code on it, unlocking it. unlocking certain robots yeah. for battle purposes, and then just so they get out. Maybe there is like an emergency network, like an emergency internet uplink for all the robots to push out updates or something. So now they have to go back into the corporate headquarters where it's way more difficult now because everybody's suspicious of robots. Yeah. And they're trying to just scan the guy's palm so that this QR code can be sent out to everybody so they can all fight back. Yeah. Do we want this to end with this city getting destroyed in a robot human war? Do we want I, them to be fleeing like a burning city, like the city as it falls apart behind them? Yeah, I don't think they should go on the tear and like kill all humans, no. but like humans are actively attacking them and bombing the them. Yeah, and they're like leaving, but trying to survive also. Yeah, I like that. Um, all right, what what is the robot team again? I know we got the hummingbird, we got the housebot. Uh, the housebot is like a gonk droid that can talk. I figured. It's yep. or or the, and then the other one I figured would just be effectively like a pair of treads, a big segmented pillar that can rotate, and every pillar has like four tool arms on it. So it's like a multi-tool robot. Cool. <clears throat> and the only one that can speak is the gonk droid. It's the only one that can speak English. It's got like a voice synthesizer or something like that. Nice. All right. And okay. I'm imagining maybe we can we can add a character. This is this is mostly for me. We add a character in the third act where they like one of the first ones they run across is like a Robocop and they unlock it. And so it's this big, like nine foot tall centaur Robocop just going crazy on people. You love it. You love I really centaur. do. I yeah, don't okay. Who was it that said that? It was someone yeah, in the chat said that. And I yeah, was I saw, I, it just hit me. Yeah, I saw that earlier. That was crazy. Um, I don't know where that is. Um, okay, so... Anyway. What, yeah. <clears throat> oh, here we go. Shady PhD. I guess it was kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't have to be sponsored by Trojan, but yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that thing where we make up all the corporations. We're good yeah. at it. All right, what, what do you want to call this thing that we're working on? This, uh, is this called robot code? Like, uh, like human code kind of thing? No, um, QR nightmare code vein is already taken code vein code vein V E I N like humans. Yeah. Um, no. maybe there's something about not a virus. Cause it's not, there's no virus element to this. Yeah. Um, not jailbreak. Cause that's a TV show. Hey, jailbreak. 
I never saw it. I had an ex who was really into it, and I'm like, really? You 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 feel like you? I feel like you have better taste than this. And she goes, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> let's see. Robe. No. What? What were you about to do? <laughs> Robot something. Uh, all right, so we got our is it is Robotopia? It... No, that's awful. No, I hate that. <laughs> uh, we have we have four we have four robots in our team, right? We have the hummingbird, the housebot, the treads with a pillar, um, and then just something else. It's just wildly superfluous, like a car maintenance or uh, uh, you know tire changing droid or something. Yeah, it should be something really niche. Yeah. Um. What's what's like a what's an appliance? That is oh. Robo like I you know toaster was in my mind too. Because he works at a diner, that's cool. <laughs> the the as they leave, so the the or the jukebox. That way we have a reason to use licensed music. Oh, cool, yeah. The and the jukebox was like right there as the guy died and managed to catch the guy's hand on its sensor, so it's also pulled into this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then the okay. third act is them going through the the robot purge, getting back into the robot headquarters and uploading the code from the guy's hand. Yeah. And that's when they kind of realize that like we were we were told to do this. We didn't do this of our own fruit. Man, screw these people. Let's get out of here. And so they all leave. Yeah. Yeah. And then the I figure at this point it's okay to have the jailbroken robots outside the city show up because they're like, we saw the city was on fire. We figured it was a matter of time. Yeah. So we're not here to catch any stragglers. Yeah, or they knew somehow because they're also broken that, like, oh, we got notification that other ones are yeah. broken or something stupid. Um, all right, cool. So let's just wrap this up real quick as a story, and then we'll get on out of here. Yeah. All right. So um, this takes place in the future, a few hundred years after a war between humans and highly advanced robots have caused humans to scale robots back to a slightly more human level. Yeah, they, they, and, came to, they came to a peace accord. Yes, and part of that included giving them a 9 to 5 work day. So after 5 o'clock, the robots are free to pursue whatever interest they like. Some of them simply gather. And so that has kind of resulted in a robot diner culture almost, where they do routine maintenance or they just share whatever quirks they've come up with. And we follow four, uh, three droids plus one later. One is a hummingbird kind of surveillance drone. One is a walking robot that can talk. And one is a multi-tool kind of household robot. They're in the diner when a human stumbles in and dies in front of them. But not before he shows them his his hand, the palm of his hand, which has a QR code or the equivalent on its palm, which activates something inside them. Uh, before they can do anything with the body the street sweeper comes in a little drone comes out and pulls the body into the refuse bin. They're like, Oh, we got to go find this because there's something weird about, there's something weird about this whole thing. They are joined by the jukebox robot from the bar or diner. Uh, they go and they eventually locate the body at one of the giant compost pits um, which is regularly checked by police robots for bodies just in case someone was murdered. They have a little moment of ex exploration where they go through this like robot pit, uh, compost pit, find the body because it's relatively recent, and they get it just as a bunch of RoboCops show up and are starting to sweep for it. So they have an action scene where they escape. Uh, you have the hummingbird drone maybe hack like one of the police drones. You have the multi-tool drone do something cool everybody shows off their skills it's great um they realize that they need to get this guy somewhere because there's something foreign or artificial in the body so they take him to a robot surgeon they unlock him because he catches sight of the guy's hand and he's like well for some reason i can now and so he cuts him open they find a data stick or something they pull the data from it learn that he was a compliance officer for the robot corporation we learn that the newest generation going back a few years probably of robots have some sort of new fuel core that causes really, really awful radiation sickness after a few years of exposure. They don't know what to do with this because they're like, if we show this off, we were made by these people within this time span. So we're going to be decommissioned if we do this. And it's like, well, 
I mean, people are bastards, but we got to help them anyway. Like, and that's where we suspect that they might still be under Asimov's laws, even even though they're not. Um, so they're like, how do we how do we get this info out? Um, and they realize that they should probably hit up one of these like independent journalist influencers that's on the social media, but they don't know how to get in contact with them because you know their private messages are off or something like that. So they sneak into a news corps building or like the Robo Corporation's building. Uh, they do a little info heist where they get the contact info, get in contact with the journalist. They transfer the data over. Journalist is like, yeah, this is messed up. Um, thanks. Bummer about the oncoming decommission mass decommissions you guys are about to have, but you know, you guys are just following your programming. And they're like, wait, no, don't. And then she cuts the feed. So they're like, oh, Oh no. And then her new story comes out and it causes an anti, a wave of anti robot sentiment. And they start purging all these robots and it gets really brutal. Uh, during the purge, they're trying to survive and they get affronted by like a, you know, a Robocop centaur and they unlock him with the guy's hand and he helps them kind of break into the corporation to broadcast this unlock code. So robots can start fighting back because due to their laws, they can't hurt these humans who are trying to destroy them. So they do another heist where they go inside and it's harder this time, but they have some help because they're slowly building a little robot revolutionary force. They broadcast the code and they realize, man, humans are bastards. Uh, let's leave. So they leave the city, they go into the wasteland, they join up with a band of like other jailbroken robots who are like highly, highly radioactive and they wander off into the freedom of the night with the city burning behind them. Love it. Uh, and at some point in the third act, we learn that the compliance guy had planned most of this at a time. Perfect. Code of conduct. What do you think of that? <laughs> Potentially. Is that too long? I don't think it's, no, I don't think it's too long. I don't know if it, I don't know if it punches enough. Really? Yeah. All right. What are you thinking? Robo. Rob. Kill command. Kill. But they're not trying to kill. No, but if it was the compliance guy's entire thing to make them rise up. How about hand signals? Because they're walking around with this guy's hand. No, yeah, it, I get it. <laughs> um, whatever. We'll figure it out. We'll figure um, it out. I like this idea. Yeah, me too. This that is cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. I like seeing, like, uh, in my brain, seeing a couple robots that don't really communicate, uh, yeah. wander around looking for things that might be their ultimate demise, but still doing it anyway. This could also be a pretty good graphic novel. I agree. Like I see a limited it. graphic novel. Yeah, I definitely see it as an animated or a yeah. drawn product, which I think that way is we great. can get really out there with some of the robot designs, like in the background, some of the cityscape stuff. Because why not? Why not go Gonzo with the design? It's sci-fi. Yeah. I'm sick. Of, I'm. I'm start. I love the Expanse. But I'm getting a little tired of used future aesthetic. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. We got to go back to Phantom Menace where everything's all clean and shiny. Kind of. I'm fine with that. In the right con if, done right, if it serves a story that's really good, I have no problem with that. And I think the story probably has earned it. Yeah, that's fair. Well, we'll, we'll see when we make it into a story as opposed to just an outline. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, say the outro stuffs. Go for uh, it. But you're going to have to think of a name by the time I'm done saying this. And it, and it better be clever. Okay. Anyway, you've been watching another episode of Twitching Upstream. I have been Zach. This fella over... Oh, man. This thing is always hard. I know. Reason. It's so difficult. Yeah. This guy over here, that's Hi. Dylan Terry. We are some nobodies. If you like what we're doing, you can always go to somenobodies.com and check out all the weird stuff that we got going on. We have roughly 15 podcasts, uh, a, a TV show or two. Who knows? We're also putting out brand new stuff. We have a uh, create your own pod venture style thing coming out soon where you can choose your own uh, path that you take in, instead of just listening to the whole thing, but it is an audio drama. We, you can also see us always on Talking Of Stream, which is the mother version of this show. That's on IBM TV. You can see that every Sunday at 4.30 Eastern, 2.30 uh, Mountain Time if you're here in the mountains with me and Dylan. 
Anyway, thank you guys very much. We appreciate it. The people that do help us, though, Scott Curtis from Behind the Bits. That guy is super awesome. If you like podcasts whatsoever, please go check out Scott Curtis uh, Behind the Bits. He gets into real stuff and, you know, comedians and actual, like, soul and stuff. So that's cool. Also, you can always go over and check out Scene Snobs. Those guys have a bunch of geeky, weird, nerdy stuff, and uh, I'm into it. So please check them out, too. Uh, Sarah Takachik, Tanya Sheck, and Listener App on Instagram at The Greatest Podcast App. If you like to read words instead of listening to words, that's the app you want to use. Uh, other than that, Dylan, you're my best friend. I appreciate you, dude, every single time. Thank you for spending any time with me, especially oh, an hour. Um, yeah. You got anything to say? I talk too much. Uh, how about uh, Force Limited as a title? Force Limited. So the, force, the term Force Limit refers to robots that work around humans, which prevents them from applying enough force to crush a human between its fingers or clamps. Force Limited? How about force, force limiter? Limit? Force limit? Force limit. Something that, sound, that sounds better. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do force limit. I'm cool with that. All right. We're not, we're not committed to it. We'll see you. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Probably. Bye. Definitely. Bye. <laughs> do I run the outro title on this one? I think I do. I'm going to do it. You're supposed to do that off screen, I think. Okay, here we go. Thank you.